Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Featured in this special episode, you'll hear one of our 2018 Singapore Summit attendees, Duncan Young, share his thoughts on longevity and the 100-year life. Hey there, uh, my name is Duncan Young. I'm the Head of Health and Wellbeing for Lendlease, based in Sydney, Australia. Um, I want to talk to you today about the emerging trend of longevity and the 100-year life. And today, uh, when I was at Global Cornet in Singapore, we, we ran a session based on this theory. So we're all living longer. Um, if you read uh, Linda Gratton's work from London School of Economics, um, the 100-year life is, is becoming more and more uh, reality of the future. In fact, a child born in 2007 has a 50% chance of living to 107 in developing countries like Japan and, and other places. So more and more we're going to see people living long, long and full lives. But it's no use living a long life if we don't have a corresponding healthy lifespan. So I think we're going to be looking less at the duration or longevity of life and increasingly at how long our healthy lifespans are. And if you think if we're living that much longer we'll also have a lot more productive hours. So if you um, only live to, if you live to 70 versus living to 100 the difference between those two years is worth about a hundred thousand productive hours so you can do a lot of things with a hundred thousand hours so it's really giving us a new way of living and a new way of working in the future obviously I was uh, born in the 60s and I am hoping to live a long and full life also and we're seeing that every decade that passes that longevity increases by about two years but in our long and full lives in the future, we'll need to consider what our real assets are. And traditionally, we've just looked at tangible assets. These are the, the money, our superannuation, the houses that we own. But increasingly, we're going to have to consider t intangible assets. So these are the assets that we'll need to develop over time. And obviously, they're in, in two areas. One is vitality, so your ability to live a healthy life, live a balanced life, um, will all be more important in the future. Also, it comes into productivity because uh, as we're living longer, your ability to develop and maintain social networks, the ability to have to manage your reputation, lifelong learning will become increasingly important. If I think about where I started, I started as an engineer 25 years ago and yet today I'm the head of health and well-being and so there weren't even those types of roles 25 years ago it's only through learning and flexibility that we can change to to meet the changing conditions of work so um, we also need to then play that back into the buildings that we create if we spend a third of our life at work and almost 91% of our life actually indoors. The buildings we create and the places we occupy become increasingly important. So how we design those buildings to help people be healthier. Obviously we've got uh, lifestyle disease and, and all these issues coming towards us 
Um, we need to be able to have buildings that encourage people to move. So inactivity and movement um, are, are a big trend going forward. And so if we already consider that the fourth largest killer of people globally is inactivity, how can the buildings that we, we make today help people with incidental movement? So that's not just the how you got to work, but it's the, the kind of movement you make during the day. And that could be a range of work settings, standing height or seated height. It could be indoor walking trails. It could be staircases next to lifts. We need to think more and more about how we encourage people just to make those small steps and that incidental movement and more frequently during the day um, to make sure that every hour or so we get that two minutes of walking. Also, in a longer life, social connection is going to become really important. So your ability to maintain and develop relationships is important. But this is going to be also really important for business because uh, as, as knowledge-based businesses uh, increase over time, your ability to um, form these networks and share what we call tacit knowledge, so that's the knowledge shared generally with contact, face-to-face -face contact, will only increase in the future. So with these extra um, periods that we've got in our lives, we also need to think about how we're going to live and work in those lives. So you, we, we, we won't have the traditional model where we uh, educate, we work, and then we retire. I think increasingly in the future we'll see people uh, taking different routes, and that could be um, taking sabbaticals um, during one's lifetime or continually to go back to university and retool and retrain and re-educate no matter what the age. So I think we're going to start seeing a blending away from typical age-related groups into a period of lifelong learning, whether that's on-the-job learning or whether that's uh, going back to school, and also um, managing our energy from a long-term basis, so taking regular and maybe even longer breaks over time. Um, the ability for us to maintain our health and our energy is largely based on our ability to, to manage our own energy. So uh, we, we have a program that we work on called the Manage Your Energy Renewal Program where we track how people renew their energy over time and in particular we're looking at heart rate variability data to actually help um, people recover uh, not only at night but during the day as well. Um, I think sleep is going to be a really important tool for the future. Not only does sleep allow us to, um, to lay down our memories over time, but also uh, will help us in our work, as obviously the unconscious mind is as active as the conscious mind. Also, I think we've got to start embracing the concept of breaks. Um, years ago, we used to have radical concepts called morning tea, lunch and afternoon tea. And yet today we work these longer hours, we often eat lunch at our desks and breaks are just something that, um, that we do if we've got time. But increasingly I think we need to be conscious of how we take our breaks and manage our energy. So um, there seems to be a lot of research going into how we take our breaks and obviously um, with phone dependency on the increase here, taking breaks without your phone, connecting with someone socially, potentially doing it while you're moving or outside will be even better. So taking these deliberate breaks away from work with a social contact, not talking about work and on um, as regenerative breaks. And we need 
also these regenerative relationships to actually help us move forward and, um, and make us a success in our uh, working careers. So um, in summary, I think um, we have an amazing opportunity ahead with this, um, with the period of longevity that lays ahead, but we need to focus on our healthy lifespan. And I think small things, uh, small changes made over time uh, will make a big difference. The, the theory of uh, marginal gains, the applied theory of marginal gains is very important. If you do small things consistently over time, they lead to big change. So when we look at um, uh, people that study habits, um, the, the Charles Duhiggs of the world, um, then uh, we're seeing that these keystone habits actually make a, a big change over time. And, and obviously the two ones that I like and really talk about is getting a good night's sleep and trying to uh, get some exercise and the right food in the mornings. So that's all I wanted to touch base with. I hope you have all enjoyed the conference here in Singapore and I look forward to seeing you at the next event. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of What's Next. Have an idea or a point of view you'd like to share? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org slash podcast to learn more.